Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the NBA Games of the Week podcast. My name is Kalen Osmond. I'm an amateur podcaster and all-around NBA fan, and this is a podcast where every Monday morning of the NBA season, I will highlight for you, the listeners, the NBA games you should look out for that week. If you'd like some more information about the podcast or myself, go and check out episode zero for a fun little introduction about the show. Four quarters as usual this week, starting with the first quarter, which are the games for the introductory NBA fan where we are going to break down three games. Featuring Westbrook's first game against his former club OKC, and another test for the Celtics as the Greek freak comes to town to try to keep his team on track. And then on to the second quarter, which are the games with the more veteran NBA fan, where we are going to break down four games. Starting with the King of Brooklyn, Kyrie Irving, trying to defend his crown against the visiting Indiana Pacers. And then on to the Utah Jazz, who are trying to rebound from some early offensive struggles against the newly dominant Clippers. Next up will be the third quarter, which are the games for the crazier NBA fans who want to see the games that are focused on the individual players, where we're going to break down two games. This including the Battle of the Unbeaten featuring the Dallas Mavericks against the Denver Nuggets, along with a face-off between Brandon Ingram and the New Orleans Pelicans against Shea Gilgis-Alexander and the OKC Thunder. And then stick around for the fourth quarter to hear the two can't-miss games for this week of NBA action. We're going to take a quick break, or we'll be right back with the first quarter. Welcome back, listeners, to the first quarter, where we are going to start with the Thunder visiting the Rockets, which is going down on Monday, October 28th at 5 p.m. Pacific or 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So to start off with this game, as we mentioned on last week's podcast, over the offseason, the Houston Rockets traded Chris Paul and some future picks to OKC for Russell Westbrook. This obviously is going to create a lot of tension between these teams as both Westbrook and Chris Paul are going to want to have a great game to show their respective teams that they won the trade. The OKC Thunder to start the season have not looked that outstanding, dropping their first two games to the Jazz and Wizards. The Wizards' loss is much more damning, as they were only able to put up 85 points on what should definitely be a bottom 5 defense, really highlighting the offensively challenged roster. They've slightly rebounded with their dominant victory of the Golden State Warriors, but honestly, who knows how great the Warriors are going to be this season. This victory could turn out to be a great early season win against a team that ended up making the playoffs, or it could just end up being a game they won against a team that ended up finishing 13th in the West. So who knows? But the big highlight for the team is how well Shea Gilgis-Alexander has been playing for the Thunder. He dropped 28 points on the Wizards with very efficient shooting and has continued to display his skill set through the season. So Shea is definitely the big player to watch on the Thunder in this matchup, specifically if he's being guarded by Harden or Westbrook. And speaking of Westbrook, get ready for him to try to take over this game when Harden is off the court. The Rockets have been staggering he and Harden's minutes through the early part of the season and it's worked out really well. Westbrook's fast break style and highlight reel passing have really destroyed some bench units, which has allowed him to accept taking a backseat to Harden during the time they are both on the court. Another metric that Westbrook has made an immediate impact on is the pace of play for the Rockets, moving them from a 97.9 possessions per 48 last season to over 111 this season. Making it more crazy is that the Rockets, according to basketball reference, have actually never played over 100 possessions per 48 since the 1989-90 season. So Russell Westbrook's impact is clearly there. And just a few more things on this matchup is we should look forward to Westbrook and Harden just slamming the rim in this game. 
Steven Adams has never been a great rim protector in his career, and I can't imagine a game with a hyped-up Russell Westbrook is going to change that. Along with that is that Chris Paul is going to be taking a lot more shots in this one. Where earlier on in the season, he's deferred to a more athletic Shea in most games, he's not going to miss up a chance to put up 40 on the Rockets, who have basically traded him because they thought he was just too old. And finally, this game is going to be played very, very fast. The Rockets are going to continue their pace trend against the Thunder, and I can definitely see with all the length and athleticism on OKC that they're going to be very happy to match, even if they probably shouldn't. So with all that said, this game goes down on Monday, October 28th at 5pm Pacific or 8pm Eastern, and you don't want to miss it. So moving on to the East, where the Milwaukee Bucks are taking on the Boston Celtics on Wednesday, October 30th at 4.30 Pacific or 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. The Bucks have basically been as good as advertised in the early part of the season, winning pretty definitively against the Rockets in their first game, but then blowing a fourth quarter lead to the Butlerless Heat on Saturday. It really showed that the Bucks are lacking in point guard defense, allowing Dragic to score a team-high 25 points on a relatively efficient shooting night. It was only the second game of the season, so it's not something to freak out about at this moment, but maybe the loss of Brogdon could start a trend of teams with great guard play to take advantage of the Bucks, which makes this game against Kemba Walker that much more interesting. Moving past this for a second, and to what really matters, in Giannis Antetokounmpo, who has basically not stopped since last season, and he's averaging almost 30 points a game with a career-best 63% E-field goal shooting as a basketball reference. He has just dominated teams, easily getting to the basket, scoring at will, and even beginning to set up his teammates with the attention he's getting. So we all know that Giannis in this game is going to fall into a 30-point performance. What really matters is how can his supporting cast of shooters take advantage of a formidable Celtics defense. And speaking of the Celtics, we had a lot of questions for them in the last podcast, and we really haven't learned anything about them since. Everything seems to be running smoothly from a chemistry standpoint, and the team has made a point of emphasis to promote the unity within the team. On the same note, Kemba Walker's performances have actually been pretty good, but definitely not the all-star dominance that the Celtics hoped for after losing Kyrie. The point guard heavily struggled in their matchup against the Sixers, managing only 12 points in that game. He has since rebounded, scoring 32 points against the Knicks on Saturday, but let's be honest, it's just the Knicks. So if Kemba's offense is not rolling in this game, it's going to be hard to keep him out there against the Bucks, considering his lack of size and effectiveness on the defensive end. So we'll definitely need to score over 30 points to add value in this game. So now just a few more notes on this matchup. Uh, what is clear in this game is that the Celtics are going to really miss Al Horford. Their former starting center who left Boston for the 76ers in the offseason was extremely effective against Giannis last season. He was actually maybe the best defensive player in the league against Giannis. We really saw the impact of Al Horford's absence in the Celtics opening game against the 76ers, where Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons were able to run free for the Sixers, scoring a combined 39 points, where last season Al Horford was a menace to both these players in the playoffs, significantly muting their impact. Many teams have been using their center to guard Giannis, hedging that the Greek freak won't be able to punish them with his jump shots, but that may be an issue for the Celtics if they plan on starting Enos Cantor, who is notorious for being a terrible defensive player. So here's hoping the Celtics actually choose to move to the 7-6 rookie Taco Fall to see if that can change their luck against the Bucks. This matchup definitely spells for a dominant victory for the Bucks, but the Bucks actually play a defensive scheme where they allow the most three-point shots in the league per game. So a hot shooting night from the Celtics guards, specifically Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum, can completely change this game. So again, this game goes down on Wednesday, October 30th at 4.30 Pacific or 7.30 Eastern Standard Time, and you do not want to miss it. 
Moving all the way back to the Western Conference to the taxless state of Oregon, we will find the Philadelphia 76ers taking on the Portland Trail Blazers on Saturday, November 2nd at 7 p.m. Pacific or 10 p.m. Eastern. So the 76ers, just to start off, look very, very good. Their starting lineup looks just incredible with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid really coming alive offensively in the first few games. And defensively, they look humongous, with the additions of Josh Richardson and Al Horford being immediate game changers. And the Sixers have responded to every test thus far and having passed with flying colors. And it seems already set that they're going to be at the top of the East team heading to the late playoffs. The raw numbers for the main stars of Embiid and Simmons have not been that outstanding, but it's because they don't have to be. The Sixers have been bolstered by their other stars of Al Horford and Tobias Harris to carry a fair share of the offensive load, allowing each player to focus on their efforts on both sides of the ball. Further, having Richardson, Harris, and Horford performing on the offensive side has allowed Simmons to continue to demonstrate how amazing a passer he really is. Now when he creates space and draws attention, his court vision immediately sees the open man, where he can make the pass almost no other player can, and they continue to knock down these open looks. This has translated to almost effortless offensive play, along with some of the most dominant defensive displays. Their game against Portland should be a real test for the team, as Portland's guards with Lillard and McCollum shooting it very well early this season. Lillard much more than McCollum. Plus, these two guards are such quick and skilled ball handlers with extreme skills off the ball that it could be a struggle for the larger Philly guards to keep up. Portland has definitely rebounded from their close loss against the Nuggets with an offensively strong display against the Kings, who actually kind of look pretty terrible this season. But where Portland might struggle against the Sixers, and let's be honest, where most teams are going to struggle, is how to deal with Philly's crazy size advantage each position. In the backcourt, Lillard and McCollum having to guard Ben Simmons and Josh Richardson is a definite mismatch, especially when Ben Simmons' game is mostly about overpowering smaller players on the break and getting easy dunks. So let's hope that Hassan Whiteside, Portland's starting center, is able to protect the rim when Lillard and McCollum break down on the wing. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Portland is actually very, very good offensively. And for all of Philly's size, it's not going to do much against Lillard and McCollum shooting, which has basically been stretched out to the logo in terms of range. So if Portland has to make this a shootout to win, they are very happy to do so. So again, listeners, this game is going down on Saturday, November 2nd at 7 p.m. Pacific or 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And now for a quick break, where we'll be right back with the second quarter. We start off the second quarter in a Western Conference battle where the Portland Trail Blazers are taking on the San Antonio Spurs on Monday, October 28th at 5.30 Pacific or 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. I spoke about the Trail Blazers in the last quarter, so I'm going to jump right over to the Spurs to start. Spurs have had a pretty easy schedule thus far this season, beating both the Knicks and the Wizards in their first two games. Around the league, analysts and fans are wondering if the Spurs can even make the playoffs this season, given the talent level in the Western Conference and lack of progressive play style for the Spurs, with them focusing more on post-play, long twos, and slow pacing. Speaking of that playstyle, the former Raptor legend DeMar DeRozan is entering his second year for the Spurs and has shown up pretty well thus far this season for the team along with his mid-range partner in crime, LaMarcus Aldridge. This duo along with Patty Mills has led the Spurs to a record-tying 22nd straight playoffs appearance last season and are looking to keep that streak alive this season. 
The biggest addition to the Spurs this season is their point guard DeJounte Murray. He has been heavily hyped up by the Spurs organization as the next big thing, raving about his athletic talent and homegrown jump shot. He's proven to be a great third option to the before-mentioned duo as he gives the team another creator on the wing, and he's actually open to shooting spot-up threes unlike the other two, giving the Spurs a much-needed spacer. However, to no one's surprise, the team is still not shooting too many threes, which against the Blazers can be a death sentence as the Blazers can light up any team any given night and the Spurs do not have any options to keep up. So if the Blazers have a pseudo-off night, then the mid-range advantages for LaMarcus and DeMar can definitely put the Spurs over. So the key matchup to watch in this game is at the point guard position with Lillard and Murray. Both players are almost opposites of each other, where Lillard is one of the most naturally talented offensive point guards in the league with a makeshift but effective defensive skill, while Murray has the natural defensive talent but is still trying to improve his offense. Depending on which player is actually able to take advantage of the other's deficiencies may be the difference maker in this game. So if you want to see this matchup and see if the Spurs can pull through, this game goes down on Monday, October 28th at 5.30 Pacific or 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. Back over to the East where the Pacers are taking on the Nets in Brooklyn on Wednesday, October 30th at 4.30 Pacific or 7.30 Eastern. On the Pacers side, wow do they really miss Victor Oladipo. Even though their new addition Malcolm Brogdon has been playing very well in his stead, and even the frontcourt duo of Sabonis and Turner have been lighting it up, but they really are missing that star player impact that Oladipo brought. This was really shown in the loss to the Cavs, where they're only able to score 99 points on a Cavs team that will assuredly have a bottom 5 defense. So without a go-to option like Oladipo, they aren't able to get those reliable buckets that can bolster up their role player performances, which can be a big problem against the Nets a team that is built on team synergy and have that star level talent in Kyrie Irving. And now that we're on the Nets, I have to say that they have been such a fun team to watch so far. In my opinion, Kyrie Irving is one of the coolest players in the league to watch. And then when you have him and the team-based play of Joe Harris, Karis LeVert, and Spencer Dimwitty, the trio that made Brooklyn so fun last season, backing them up, you get an awesome experience. However, outside of aesthetics, Brooklyn has not seen that dominant so far this season, which kind of makes sense given that they don't have Kevin Durant and basically have the same middle-of-the-pack playoff team they had last season. So this can still be a very competitive game given the Nets barely beat the Knicks and were not able to beat off the Timberwolves in OT earlier this week. The Pacers definitely have the talent and management to keep up with the Nets and it might have to be the Kyrie show that separates the two teams late in the game. I'm very excited to see how Kyrie does against Brogdon in their matchup in the backcourt and then move to the frontcourt to see if Jared Allen and the Nets are able to guard in space against the jump shooting Turner and or Sabonis. So as with the other matchups, this is another one you do not want to miss and this game goes down on Wednesday, October 30th, 4.30 Pacific or 7.30 Eastern. On the same day, but in the great state of Utah, we find the Los Angeles Clippers battling the Utah Jazz on Wednesday, October 30th at 7 Pacific or 10 Eastern. Now to start off, yes, everyone, the Clippers lost to the Suns. We're not gonna overreact to this game and we're still gonna say that the Suns are probably bad and the Clippers are definitely good. The Clippers, besides that one weird game, have actually been really, really good. Their dominance over the Lakers and the Warriors to start the season is great for a team that I thought would struggle without Paul George in this beginning stretch. What's kept them afloat in the top tier of the league is how deep their team really is. Their bench is incredible with Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell just eating up bench units. And then they have players like Mo Harkless and Patrick Patterson showing up each game. And having this team tested so early in the season and passing each one, besides the Suns I know, is making me really believe in the hype. But actually, it's the Jazz that was the bigger reason I wanted to highlight this game. 
with their performances this season being mixed, especially on the offensive side. I'm not really sure that their offensive problems from last season are solved. Mike Connolly has really not shown up for the Jazz yet this season, and if he continues to struggle, we will definitely see the Jazz start to look elsewhere for offensive talent, or they'll continue to have to grind out these close games. Not sure if this will be the breakout game for Connolly and the Jazz, to be honest, but they will definitely have to prove themselves against the Clippers, which is a team that is extremely potent offensively and pretty dominant on the defensive end as well. So the first matchup to watch in this game is Royce O'Neal having to guard Kawhi Leonard. This is especially important because if the Jazz expect to go far in the playoffs this season, they will have to have a reliable 3 and D player to guard the Kawhis, LeBrons, and Paul Georges of the league for them to have a real shot. And that's where Royce O'Neal comes in. But then the second matchup is Mike Conley against Lou Williams. The reason for this is because when Lou Williams has finished killing bench units, he does play a lot of minutes with the starting lineup and will have to play a passable defense against the struggling Mike Conley, while also continuing his offensive mastery against Conley's defensive talent. And then the final matchup is going to be Donovan Mitchell against Patrick Beverly, my favorite matchup of the night, actually. And it's just from the competitive attitudes of these two, and to see if Beverly's trash-talking hustle play will be too much for Donovan's high-flying creative skills. So once again, if you want to see these matchups and more, this game goes down on Wednesday, October 30th at 7 p.m. Pacific or 10 p.m. Eastern. Now on the last game for this quarter, where we find the Houston Rockets playing the Brooklyn Nets on Friday, November 1st at 4 p.m. Pacific or 7 p.m. Eastern. I spoke about both these teams earlier in the pod, so we will just focus on the matchup elements of this game. The key player to watch in this game is Russell Westbrook. The main reason is that he's going to be matched up against both Kyrie Irving and Spencer Dinwiddie. As mentioned before, Westbrook and Harden staggered their minutes, leaving Westbrook to play a good amount of his minutes against bench units. So as both teams start the game, Westbrook will have to try and stay with Irving as he plays street ball, creating offensive magic, and then as he moves to play against the other team's bench unit, Spencer Dinwiddie will come in to move to the point guard to playing directly against Westbrook. I think Westbrook can dominate both these players on offense as he's more athletic and will run the ball down their throats. However, on the defensive side of the ball, I can definitely see Westbrook ball watching and losing his man, making him basically a neutral in this game. But hey, I could be wrong and I'm very excited to find out. Besides that, both these teams play relatively fast paced and have very effective switching defenses, so I believe it will come down to the Westbrook matchups and hero shooting down the stretch that's going to decide this game. So once again, this game goes down on Friday, November 1st at 4pm Pacific or 7pm Eastern. And now for another quick break, we'll be back with the third quarter. Welcome back, listeners, for the third quarter, where we're going to start off with the Dallas Mavericks taking on the Denver Nuggets on Tuesday, October 29th at 6 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Eastern. This game is focused on two key matchups, first being Luka Doncic versus the group of Denver forwards of Paul Millsap, Jeremy Grant, and Will Barton. Denver has been blessed with multiple athletic 3 and D forwards, but will any of them actually be able to be effective against the phenom Luka Doncic? So far, the answer's been no. Luka's been extremely effective this season against most teams, so it'll be interesting to find out if Denver can prove to be his kryptonite. Uh, the next matchup we're going to be looking at is at center, where Kristaps Porzingis is going to play against Nikola Jokic. Jokic has struggled defensively in his career, and I wouldn't be surprised if they made sure to switch that matchup so that they won't be taken advantage of against the more athletic, larger Porzingis. But the same situation applies to Porzingis, where Jokic's main talent comes from his shooting and passing, and we really haven't seen Porzingis succeed in a defensive role that wasn't simply guarding the rim. 
Both these matchups are going to be extremely interesting and hopefully we can learn a lot from this game about these players. And the last thing I'll mention is the possibility of Michael Porter Jr. playing for Denver. Denver's coach Mike Malone has made it very clear that Porter will have to earn his minutes, having him actually not play in any of the Nuggets games so far. If he can finally get a chance to play in this game and succeed, then he's going to be another one of those forwards matching up against Doncic, making this game even more interesting from a matchup perspective. So once again, if you want to watch this game, it's going down on Tuesday, October 29th at 6pm Pacific or 9pm Eastern. Then we're going to move on to our last game of the third quarter, where we head down to Oklahoma City to watch the New Orleans Pelicans play against the Thunder on Saturday, October 2nd at 2 p.m. Pacific or 5 p.m. Eastern. As mentioned in an earlier part of the podcast, the key player to watch for the Thunder is definitely Shea Gilgis-Alexander. He's been electric early this season and looks to continue it with his favorable matchup in this game against the Pelicans, where the main players guarding him will either be Josh Hart or J.J. Redick. Both players Shea should definitely be able to take advantage of. And if he's able to break free, he's only going to be met by Derek Favors at the rim, who has never actually been that strong a rim protector in his career. But then if we move to the Pelican side of the ball, both Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball have been a star for their team, with more of the emphasis actually being on Ingram. He's averaged almost 30 points a game this season and has a very favorable matchup against the Thunder with either Terrence Ferguson, who Ingram can definitely overpower and shoot over, or Danilo Gallinari, who is notorious for being soft on the defensive end, guarding him in this game. So this will definitely turn into more of a shootout between the young stars, along with their veteran players, such as Chris Paul and Drew Holiday, just trying to back them up down the stretch. So in case you forgot about this one, once again, this game is going down on Saturday, October 2nd at 2 p.m. Pacific or 5 p.m. Eastern. So mark your calendars. And now we're going to take another quick break, and we'll be back with the fourth quarter. So welcome back to the fourth quarter of the second week of NBA action. Once again, thank you for listening and sticking along for this episode. And without further ado, the two can't-miss games this week are first... The Rockets playing the Thunder at home on Monday, and then second, the Mavericks visiting the Nuggets on Tuesday. These games early on in the week have the perfect combination of interesting players trying to establish themselves on their new teams, along with the Mavericks and Thunder trying to prove themselves as playoff teams against the projected top of the West, Rockets and Nuggets. These matchups also feature young players who are expected to make big jumps this season in Shea, Luka, Przingis, Jokic, and Murray, along with veterans trying to prove themselves to everyone that they are still relevant and all-star caliber players, these being Paul, Westbrook, Gallinari, Millsap, and much more. So again, if you're the busiest person in the world or just want to catch two quick games this week, the ones I mentioned are the best two to watch. If you want to hear the details about either game, go back to the first quarter to hear the details of the Rockets-Thunder game, and then to the third quarter to hear the Mavericks versus Nuggets. And just to repeat, the OKC Thunder and the Houston Rockets are playing on Monday, October 28th at 5 p.m. Pacific or 8 p.m. Eastern. And the Dallas Mavericks are playing the Denver Nuggets on Tuesday, October 29th at 6 p.m. Pacific or 9 p.m. Eastern. And that's it for this week. I'm going to catch you next week for a recap of the second week of NBA action and then to preview the next seven days of the NBA 2019-20 season. This has been NBA Games of the Week. You can find us on YouTube at NBA Games of the Week or at iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud at the same name, NBA Games of the Week. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at NBA GOTW to stay up to date with the podcast and never miss an episode. And don't worry if you forget, links to all these places will be in the description of this episode. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see y'all next Monday.